Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You are listening to the 3 and D pod. I am your host, Justin Lewis. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Timberfake underscore. You can find the podcast on Twitter at 3 and D pod. Uh, we are part of the Grizzly Bear Blues Network of Podcasts. You can find GBB on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. You can find them online at grizzlybearblues.com. Um, you can find our other podcasts on the network as well, the Starting Five, the 4-4, and GBB Live joining me. As always, is at not the golfer Ben Hogan. How are you, sir? I'm all right. I'm excited. We got a little extra. We know we got at least one extra game this season for the Grizzlies. Yes, we are coming to you minutes after the Grizzlies clinched their spot in the play-in tournament uh, with a 115 to one. Oh, was it 110 or 115? There's 110 to no 115 to 110 victory yeah. over the Pelicans. Um, and I'm already seeing Pelicans Twitter talk about. We didn't have Brandon Ingram and we didn't have Zion Williamson. Like, just don't don't even go there. You've had them all year long and you still are seven games under 500. You know, that's that's on you. It, it is nice knowing that the Memphis Grizzlies might have possibly ended the season for New Orleans tonight. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the Grizzlies had Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, until tonight, but we'll, we, I guess we won't. they won't talk about that. Oh, no, it's, it's all about what fits the narrative. Exactly. I mean, and also, you know, they should have been that far behind anyway. I mean, they, they've had Brandon Ingram and Zion all season, and yet they're not making the playoffs. And it's not because of one loss to the Grizzlies. It's because they couldn't get it done. Oh, it's because, the G, it's because our GM put together a crappy roster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so we are – we're looking at uh, a 35 and 33 Grizzlies team. Is that right? We're two games above 500 now. Um, and I'd say if you were to tell me going into the season that we would be 35 and 33 and could potentially be the eight seed with four games to go, depending on how this Warriors and Jazz game goes, with a chance to control your own destiny. I mean, your schedule closing out is, is Dallas – who's not going to have Porzingis, which I would argue they may be a better team without Porzingis, um, back-to-backs with Sacramento, and then uh, the Golden State game to end the season, which may very well decide who the eight seed is. If you if you start the season telling me that, like, we're celebrating, right? Yeah, it's also unfortunate that Luca's flagrant foul is not a technical foul because he would have been suspended for a game. No, no, let's let's talk about unfortunate with that flagrant foul. We're we're going on a tangent right here before we go somewhere else. <laughs> unfortunate placement. No, I'm not even talking about that. The fact that he got tossed in that game 
gave my opponent in the GBB championship oh. game, <laughs> Jalen Brunson, more minutes, and I lost by three freaking points. I think they actually adjusted the score, and I lost by seven. But Dorian Finney-Smith had a negative three in that game, and Brunson just gets to go off because Luca's not playing. It's like, Luca, I'm one of your biggest fans. You're going to do that to me? I, I told Ben – I am proclaiming myself the GBB fantasy basketball champion, and and Ted McMinnis can just get over it because all he missed was James Harden and three games of James Harden. I missed Zion, Jalen Brown, De'Aaron Fox, OG Ananobi, um, Seth Curry sat out a game, uh, Daniel Tice sat out a game. I even picked up Willie Hernan Gomez because he was going off. He didn't even play that game when I picked him up. So one of my seven pickups you get got a freaking zero because he couldn't play. Like, I would have beat him by 400 points this week if I even had half of my guys play that were out and they just reached their their measly averages. And I know you're looking at me right now on the other side of this call. Congrats, congrats on second place. Uh, congrats on uh, the regular season championship. Uh, Luca gave you a present the week before when he didn't play while he was in my lineup. Um, I'm not going to shed a tear for you because – you got you, you got some help from my injuries as well, and honestly, you shouldn't have even been playing me, because if Lauren would have set her lineup, you would have lost in the first round. So, I mean, yeah, paper but, champion if you want to call it that, but in, you were in second the, place in the first round. Though I didn't have Valanciunas, and I'm pretty sure I was without Steph Curry too. So, like injuries, like in real life, are part of it. I'm just yeah. pissed. I'm just pissed that I clearly had the best team on paper. And it just fell apart on the last day, man. That was like me in the GBB football, fantasy football league. I'm pretty sure that my first four picks uh, all got injured. I had McCaffrey, Kittle. Like, it was just like one after another. And I'm like, man, I have this. Be- I have the best team. And then it just – no, it didn't work out for me. I think I came in like second to last. I couldn't – there's no one to pick up. Yeah, <laughs> this is quite the flip for me from fantasy football. I was terrible. <laughs> So, <laughs> basketball is my sport. We'll leave it at that. Going back to the Grizzlies uh, and, and the Luka thing, yeah, he is uh, one tech away from being suspended for a game. Uh, I guess it would have been nice if they would have – if that would have been the tech and he would have been out so the Grizzlies get some more help. But let's just put it put this out there. I, I'm currently writing an article right now. It doesn't matter who throws out, you know, for the other team. Like, who's, who's dressed out and who's not. The Grizzlies clearly – beat themselves or they don't um we've seen them beat a fully healthy Clippers squad by 30 back in february we've seen them beat a fully healthy miami squad twice we've seen them you know win these games where you're just like man this team can be really really good and then they go lose to the pistons who had nobody playing the magic who had nobody playing um and it just seems like the the, the fans yeah I mean, it, it just seems like the Grizzlies, and I, I would I would dare say that they don't really pay attention to who's dressed out and who's not as far as, like, their mindset. They're not coming out there and be like, oh, we should run over these guys because they don't have, you know, so-and-so. Like, they clearly took care of business early in the season against the Nets twice when they didn't have any of their stars. When they beat the Sixers twice when they didn't have Joel Embiid. But now, all of a sudden – I think the fans are more worked up over who's not playing and, you know, what the roster is. The fact is, these are NBA players. The top 450, 
you know, basketball players in the world, you could argue. And these young guys that are these, we're calling these G League teams and the Pistons and the Magic, they're trying to prove they belong on a roster so that when this next draft comes up, they don't get replaced. It's like they are motivated to be out there and play and play hard and play well. So it's it's not something that you're just like, uh, it's the end of the world. The Grizzlies lost this team. Does it suck? Is it demoralizing? Is it confusing? Absolutely. Do you look at those games and you look at the ones that you won and you're like, hey, the Grizzlies could legitimately be pushing for a sixth seed? Sure. But in the law of averages, when you go out and you beat a fully healthy Clippers team by 30, those usually average out somewhere down the road in the game that you shouldn't have dropped. Yeah, and we, we joke that these are G League teams, but reality is, I mean, these guys are trying to not play for the G League team because there is millions of dollars difference between playing in the G League and playing in the NBA. Like the G League, you make what, like 35K if you're a season, if you're stuck in the G League, whereas I don't know the minimum in the NBA, but um, it's, a, it's a big difference. And these I guys are half, to, I think the minimum in the NBA is like a half mil. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars difference. And if you play well, you know, you could, depending on who needs, needs you, like you could flip it into a – decent amount of contract millions of dollars i mean that's what they're trying to do so they're playing they're playing their ass off to try and beat you and you know they may not be necessarily playing for the win but they're, they're at least playing for something uh and you you let a team like that get confidence you let the players get confidence you let them feel like that they can beat you and they'll come together and they'll uh they'll upset you and we've seen that multiple times and it's frustrating and Again, I go back to I sometimes feel like the Grizzlies fan base is a little spoiled. It's like we don't want to wait through this rebuild. I mean, Sacramento, what, missed the playoffs for the 18th straight year or something like that? <laughs> I mean, imagine being the Sacramento. I mean, you say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How would this fan base deal? There would not be a fan base. This team would already be in Seattle if, the, if they missed the playoffs. They could have had Luca, man. They chose Bagley. <laughs> They deserve it, man. Yeah. I, but that, that's what I'm saying is like, look, just enjoy the ride. I, I, I'd i love to see the Grizzlies make a run. That'd be awesome. But I'm not expecting it. I'm not going to be super upset if they don't do it. I mean, they're, they're playing better than I thought they would. They, they're in the play-in. They got a shot. I mean, I think they stack up against any of those teams in the play-in. Uh, except the Lakers. To a set, well, Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I get you. I, I'm with you. Like we can, we can take the Warriors in a one-off. We can take the Spurs in, in a one-game set. And the yeah, you're, you're you're guessing the Lakers are probably going to win that first game. That's yeah. that's what I'm banking on. Like the Lakers are going to win the first game, and you have to worry about beating both those teams, San Antonio and Golden State. Unless you're the eight seed, which you have a real shot at. Like you, you've got a real shot at being the eight seed. And you only have to win one game. Um, yeah, it, I think. The, the premise of the article that I have is on any given night, the Grizzlies can beat anybody in the NBA. Can they go out and make a run in a series? Probably not because in the half-court offense, they don't shoot the ball consistently enough to, to do well. Jonas, you know, we know how he gets killed on the pick and roll. Uh, and those elite teams in, in the half-court offenses are going to kill us. Um, I still think Jenkins struggles to make some adjustments. Um, and these playoff coaches that have been there and done that uh, will shred him as well, uh, I think. But when it comes to the play-in tournament, 
these young Grizzlies, I think, I mean, they they can do it against. I don't think San Antonio is going to beat Golden State uh, or us in that nine ten game. Um, and I I'm, I'm with you. Lakers are probably going to win the seven eight. So the Grizzlies are going to have to probably play the Warriors and, and get past Steph Curry. So you're going to play Steph Curry last game of the season to determine if you're the eight or the nine and whether you have to play one or two to get into face, guess what? The best team in the NBA, the Utah Jazz. Um, but this is a, it's a, it's a team that, it, like you said, we're spoiled. Um, I think we were spoiled early on when we beat teams like the Nets and we see those, those kind of, Looking back at the schedule, you see, oh, we're we're eight. I think we're eight and twelve against the top six seeds in the Eastern Conference. I mean, that's or not eight and twelve. We're eight and four, and that's. I mean, that's phenomenal um, that you can look at. But there's so much context that goes along with those things about the missing players and, and all that kind of stuff. But here's a fun fact for you: the Memphis Grizzlies are two and zero oh when Jaron Jackson Jr. starts. That is that's a that's a big stat because that's where they are now. And I think with them starting Jaron Jackson, it would surprise me if he actually is rested any more games because I kind of feel like they were going through the process and they weren't going to start Jaron until they were done resting him because again that messes with the flow of the team. If you're going to start Jaron one game and then rest him the next game, that kind of throws it out of whack. I feel like. I mean, of course, it's possible that it gets them the next, you know, the next game. But I, this is what I'm feeling is they decided to start him once the whole process was through and they realized that they can start him from here on out. I just don't think that it just doesn't make any sense to me for them to start Jaron for one or two games and then rest him for injury purposes, uh, recovery purposes, and then go back into that because that's still – that messes with the flow of the team. And like right now is when you need to have that flow. Grayson's out. We don't know how long he's going to be out. And I mean, it may be best that he's done for the season. I hate to say it that way, but just because of the way the team's going into the playoffs, they got one less than a week left of the regular season. Then with the play in, you don't want to throw Grayson out there again. He's going to be coming off the bench. I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is the five they're going with with, uh, you know, Dylan and Kyle, with Jaron, Jonas, and Ja. I'm just assuming that. And, I mean, we've seen Grayson come back when he gets benched or whatever from from injuries and whatnot. But still, I just think they're playing really good basketball. They've kind of figured things out. And it's probably the best way to move forward. If Grayson can play, cool. But I don't think it would be the worst thing if he's, you know, out until, you know, maybe even the rest of the season. Yeah, so I'm with you on the the Jaron thing. Um, you don't bring him back to start if uh, if if you're gonna rest him on a back to back again, and we're we're gonna find out in a mere hours um, what that what that's gonna look like if they're gonna sit him. Honestly, I I am for this this Sacramento game. Um, oh no, this Dallas game. Dallas is next. This Dallas game. Let's let's feature Jaron. And give Jaw and Jonas and Kyle and DB some rest. I, I say you sit them. Um, and I mean they've they've carried us to this point. You clinched. You're in the play-in. Um, I think, and that that decision may come down to what happens with uh, Golden State tonight as well. Um, if you really want to go for that eight seed instead of the nine and have that advantage of only having to win one game, 
Um, but I think Morant and Valanciunas and Kyle and, and Dylan um, have earned some rest. Um, and then you can use that game to really feature uh, Jaron and just let him go out there and, and, you know, put up 20 shots that game and uh, be the, be the guy that night. Um, but I, but I also see the other side of the coin where these next four games, you really need to focus on truly getting back in your offensive flow because as you saw in the third quarter of this New Orleans game, there's still some flow to be found. Um, and I think some of that was disrupted, and I'll let you take it after after this. It was disrupted by Valanciunas getting that fourth foul early and them not going into the paint. So talk about that um, with the Grizzlies and, and what you've mentioned recently about them feeding the ball down low. Well, in the uh, the preview for the the Raptors game down in Tampa, which is weird to say, uh, I mentioned that the Grizzlies need to get back to uh, feeding it inside. I mean, that's been their go-to all season long. It's been their bread and butter. They lead the league in paint points. It's not necessarily throwing it to Jonas on the block. It's it's job driving to the paint. It's Tyus getting floaters. Uh, we've seen Jaron in his first few games back. He was working around the rim. It wasn't necessarily, you know, posting up on it, but he was getting a lot of his shots as like little little short jumpers and uh, kind of somewhat floaters and everything like that. And that's really what the Grizzlies, like, that's what they need to do. And a week ago, I was talking about the Grizzlies need to find their shot. They had trouble finding shots, but maybe, I mean, tonight was proof that, you know, sometimes you maybe need to work from the inside out. And that can open up the, uh, the shots outside for the Grizzlies. I mean, they really came together finding their shot against uh, Toronto in the second half. I mean, DeAnthony came through Desmond Bain had been shooting well prior to the Toronto game, but they all need to be on the same page if they're expected to get out of the play in. I mean, we can't have just one guy show up. We need all of them. Yeah. And that's when, when the Grizzlies are going well, their wings are knocking down shots and they're scoring. Um, looking at some stuff tonight, when when things are clicking with the wings, they they contribute about 50 points on their own. That's not counting Jaw or Kyle or or Valanciunas or Clark or any of those or Tyus, like those guys and what they bring, 50 points from the wings, and, and that's what they need um going forward. But we're we're looking at um, a, a part of the season where Morant's at a number of games in a season that he has never gotten to in his career. We're we're at the the very end of a very compressed second half schedule, so you're going to have tired legs, especially the minutes that these guys have been playing. Trying to, I mean, you can say they haven't been pushing for the playoffs all you want, but I think the minutes tell you that they have been. That they're trying to win these games. Um, how do you combat tired legs, especially on the road? You feed the paint. You let the big guy go to work early. And I, and I think this is how it's going to play out going forward is they're going to start who they're starting right now. And I think you just feed Valanciunas early, get him engaged, um, let him eat. And then he subs, uh, Jaron subs out first. You let Valanciunas eat for a while more. And then Jaron comes in at the five. And then you can play your small ball, five out, you know, whatever you want to do then. But then when Valanciunas comes back in to close the half, you go back to him. Unless you're, unless it's just flowing the way that you don't, you know, have to feed him. But it was very obvious tonight that the Grizzlies were not going to win this game if they didn't get back to doing what they do, like you said, 
driving in and, and letting Valanciunas eat on the offensive glass or just giving him the ball because he could manhandle whoever was guarding him tonight. Yeah. Um, that's not going to be the case in all these playoff series. Um, I mean, obviously, if he goes and face, you know, the Lakers in the in that first play-in game, uh, Marcus All is still a, a good defender. Uh, Drummond is going to be a tougher matchup for, for Valanciunas than, you know, Jackson Hayes. Um, but if he goes against somebody like the Warriors, will Steph shred him on the pick and roll? Absolutely. But is there anybody on the Warriors that's going to guard Jonas Valanciunas? Absolutely not. Um, so we got to live in the paint, play inside out. It's a driving kick offense, and we can't start with a kick. Like, you can't just swing the ball around the perimeter and and just start jacking up shots. You, you've got to establish a paint presence to suck that defense in so that when you do kick it out, you get the quality looks. And you brought up Grayson and his spot in the rotation. And I am a Grayson Island inhabitant. But give me more John Conchar. Really? Dude, have you not seen him the last two games? I have, but, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel it's, – it's just come along as of late. It's just it's, – it's kind of strange, you know, because – we keep talking about shorten up the rotation, shorten up the rotation. And all of a sudden, it's like, let's add more Conchar. You know, I, I get it. <laughs> He's got fresh legs. That's the one thing that a lot of the other guys in the rotation do not have is fresh legs. So, I get it. It makes sense, especially if Grayson's going to be out. If you can find a spot for him, great. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't force it necessarily. But maybe these last four games, he could, he could get a lot of good run because, you know, maybe rest of, like you said, do they really want – how bad do they want the eight spot or are they okay with the nine spot? If they want the nine spot, go ahead and give them some more run. Let the other guys rest their legs and be ready to go uh, take on San Antonio and then, you know, Golden State. Tell me one thing that John Contra did wrong tonight. You can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> You're right. I can't. I mean, he rebounds. I he – I mean, he hustles at all times. Like, he is – what you want Dylan Brooks to be offensively, Mike. Wait a second. No. <laughs> <laughs> Efficient, smart with the ball. He hustles just as hard as, as Brooks does. He, he definitely doesn't defend as, as um, I don't want to say as well because I don't believe that Dylan Brooks is that phenomenal of a defender. He, he defends – he doesn't defend as – as with much effort, I guess, or he doesn't deceive us into thinking that he plays as well uh, on defense. But, like, he's always in the right place at the right time, um, and he's always making the right play. And that's something that I feel like Jenkins values. So there must be something that goes on in practice that he just he just doesn't stand out or, you know, Grayson stands out in practice and it, it costs Conchar, but he's a bigger body. Um and, and if we're going to have, you know, Jaron on the floor more, he rebounds well. Like, Conchar is the best rebounding wing player we have on the roster. Like, yeah. Dylan, Dylan now, is six foot seven and gets three or less rebounds a game. Now, let me ask you this. Are you, for Conchar playing, and that's cutting into Melton and Bain's minutes instead of having Grayson's minutes go to Melton and Bain coming off the bench? So I, I, I'm not for him cutting into Baines at all. 
I am for him cutting into Melton's on the night that Melton just doesn't like tonight. Melton didn't look all that great. He he right. He was shaky. So on those nights, yeah, let's let's play Conchar. If Conchar is not going to be sh- like, I guess fill it out. Which one is going to give us the best? Like obviously Melton has the higher ceiling. He's the better player. But if we can tell early, look, Melton's kind of shaky tonight. Conchar offers some of the same things that Melton does with a bigger body, um, and so and probably better playmaking than Melton, uh, honestly. But I'm not I'm not here saying that we need to go to an 11 man rotation. I'm not saying you know he's our best wing player. I I just like what I've seen the last two games and and games that have been close, games that we have won. Um, he has contributed in a way that was was needed. It wasn't garbage stuff. And also, I want to go r- real quick back to the point about working inside out or having Jonas Feast. I also think if you get Jonas going early, you don't end up being in a three-point contest because if we start off early shooting a lot of threes and you're not making them, you're going to get down early, and then you're going to live and die by the three. You're playing Golden State. Do you want to get in a three-point shooting contest with Steph? I mean, I, I understand, you know, you can't trade twos for threes with Jonas, but you could keep it close and you can take advantage definitely when Steph's out, but you don't want to be down 12, 15 points in the first quarter with Steph having a hot hand. And all of a sudden you're trying to play catch up to that because you, you want to try and knock down threes and compete with Steph. No, that, many, that can't happen. How many fouls in the first quarter is Dylan Brooks going to have garden Steph? Um, Two, because he'll get pulled after the second one. <laughs> they can't afford to have him with three fouls. I mean, it. I don't know what you can do with Steph. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna launch it. I mean, it, it's he's unguardable. He's gonna cross half court and throw it up. I mean, he, I mean, all I'm saying is Dylan better get his money's worth on those fouls. Like he better use that huge frame of his and just <laughs> deck him one good time. Um, and. <laughs> Make him I, I don't know, man. Like, you you deck Steph, he's going to come back and, like, it's going to be making backwards threes and whatever because it's just – you're like, oh, my God. You know, you play the best defense you can on Steph and he's just still – he's making four-point plays. Yeah, he's, he's unreal, generational, obviously. But our next game is against Dallas and they have their own generational talent in, in Luka and you'd imagine that – Dylan's probably going to be matched up with him um, tomorrow night, so that'll be um, important uh, for the Grizzlies going forward. I'm looking at our stats, and the the plus-minus differential between our wins and losses, like we're plus 12 in our wins on, on the season, and we're like minus – almost minus 12. It's like there's no like in between with this team. Like either they're really good – they're just not good. And, like, tonight, they weren't great. Like, they weren't that good. Um, they came out looking good. They had stretches where they looked really good. But to only beat this Pelicans team by by five, to only beat that Raptors team by a few, and to to only uh, – and to lose to the Pistons and the Magic, like, we're at the end of the season, and they are not in the rhythm and the flow that need to be in. Um, and so I, I think – this next four games, I think the emphasis should be on nailing down the rotations that you want going into the playoffs and um, really trying to make sure Jaron's ready to go on offense. 
Yeah, I mean that that's that's the important stuff. I just you never know what you're going to get with this team, which is weird. You you know you feel feel like you're this late into the season, you have you'd figure it out, but it's one of those like nothing surprises me at all, result wise in a game. Like if if I didn't watch the games like I do, you know. It would be one of those in which you know you check your, you check your app, and be like, oh the Grizzlies lost to the Pistons, not surprised by that, you know, and oh look the Grizzlies, you know, like you said they they beat the Clippers by thirty, oh nice win by the Grizzlies, yeah, you know it, it's stuff that it just it doesn't surprise me. I, I'm not surprised still, like you can't. I do get triggered by Grizz Twitter, so yeah. I try to avoid yeah, Twitter. You do. <laughs> I, it's just it's just so frustrating because there's so many hot takes that come across with no like Andrea Borgnani instant reaction. Yeah, it's it's that. I mean, it's just you know, and people that they make tweets, they put them in their drafts, and they wait five or six games before they can finally throw it out to where it fits their narrative. And it's just it's so frustrating, and it's just <laughs> it just is. I try to be a fan while also being, you know, like an analyst or whatever, since I I write for Grizzly Bear Blues and we do this podcast. But it's kind of hard to balance it between one and the other. It it just is. You want to talk about a frustrating narrative? Grizzlies are up five. Fourth quarter, about six minutes to go. The one and only checks in the game. Man almost falls over three times dribbling, trying to dribble somebody (laughs) one-on-one. And then he goes and misses a pull-up shot, and nobody else on the team takes a even gets touched the ball. Like that, yeah, that's that's the strategy that you want when you're trying to to extend a lead against a team that you should be blowing out right now. Let, let's let's keep going to that. Hey man, he 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 led the Grizzlies in scoring tonight. I, I haven't even seen the box score. What is it? What? How many how many shots did he take? He scored twenty three points on twenty one shots. <laughs> Oh man, it's the full out experience. It, it's it's the whole it's the whole thing. Like it's I said in my quick recap the other day that he's been struggling the last few weeks. And and Parker, when when he said that the, the piece was live, he's like, it hasn't been the last few weeks. <laughs> Listen to me. Getting 20 points on 23 shots is not impressive. I'm sorry. And it's not good. It's not it's not beneficial to the team when you do that crap. Like when Valanciunas has it going or has the mismatch and you're taking 23 freaking shots, that's not good basketball. And he has gone – he has completely reverted, completely reverted to the old DB the last couple of weeks. Like, it is night and day from that good month of basketball that he had. And <laughs> it's just – You almost I, got 20 on 12 shots. Yeah, so we talk about efficiency, right? Yeah. My God, he shot seventy five percent the other night, and Dylan went. Um, I think he had sixteen shots on twenty five percent shooting, and it's just like, what are we doing? It's not uh, that hard. Well, I mean, Jonas went. He shot seventy five percent. He went nine of twelve today. I mean, Dylan went nine of twenty one. That's what? That's forty two percent. One of five from three. I, look, I, I may be a math teacher, and. and and I just look at numbers and they mean something to me. 
how could you not look at this stuff and see, oh, we have a guy that you know scores, can score twenty points on seventy five percent shooting. Let's 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 up his usage a little bit. You know, Dylan Brooks leads the team in freaking usage percentage. He ends the most possessions on this team, whether it's by a shot or a turnover. Are you well, kidding he started, me? He started the possession too sometimes. Like he, he's the only one in the possession. <laughs> Those are the times where he's the only person on the floor. Like he don't even see the defender the way he jacks those things. So he's like, there ain't nobody. Right. Oh, there is somebody right here. Hey, I'll, I'll give him no. He has the he has the most intensity on the team. Absolutely. He like I will. He plays hard. He pisses off the other team's best player. He, I mean, he does something. And look tonight, even tonight, he. He had his moments where he scored in important stretches. Like he, we needed a bucket, and he got some. But come he on, that, he had that he had that steal in the backcourt where he got it fouled on the head. He got the dunk and the foul. I mean, he, and, you need and those he gets plays. Those. He gets those, but yeah. then he but then he goes and jacks one, and then misses it, and then fouls somebody ninety feet away from the basket because he's pissed off that he. I don't know. I, see, I want to know. I want to know what he thinks. Is he pissed because he missed a shot, and he thinks he's Kobe, and it should have went in? Or is he pissed because he realized, oh, that was a dumb decision. I shouldn't have done that. Let me go try to make up for it. Like, that, I want to know the thought process because sometimes when he's out there, I just don't think he thinks at all. No. Well, I think if he gets – if he feels like he got fouled, he's going to be like, oh, you're not going to call that foul. I'll give so you one call. To call. This foul. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, we're playing that way? Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue that he he has an important role in this team and he had that great stretch of play. But if we're talking about fixing things for the playoffs, he should be your fourth leading shot taker at most on a nightly basis, except the nights where he goes supernova and he's feeling it, then have at it, man. Get your rocks off. But, like, tonight and the Toronto game and some other games here recently, get the ball to freaking Valanciunas. 75 yeah. percent that's great right that, i mean that's good 75 percent is good yeah i think so <laughs> him and right. him and jared made their free throws too five of five combined you they know get the, the free th- they can get them to the free throw line more you feed them in you get them down low they can get to the free throw line more well and they and shoot that's one thing that dylan brooks does has done well this year he has shot free throws very well this year um I, yeah i'm i'm almost to the point where i'm fully confident every time dylan goes to the line that he's gonna knock him down um so maybe he's he four should... six tonight but still i mean that's job was over five maybe instead of fading away which you're terrible at and have proven to be terrible at why don't you draw the foul and go to the free throw line and get the shots uh, that's just an idea I, I don't know but yeah this this morant free throw line bug it's a weird deal um yeah it's it's very Memphis Tigerish, um, with <laughs> with John Morant, just allergic to the free throw line. You know, they, people make fun of people that say they can do something better than the NBA player. I'm almost positive I can shoot free throws better than John Morant right now. And it's strange because there was a stretch uh, a couple of weeks ago, which, you know, he was getting to the line 12, 14 times a game. And he was knocking down 10, 12 of those free throws. I mean, he was he was getting half his points from the, the charity stripe, and then all of a sudden he just can't make any. He's not getting to the free throw line as much as he was. I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it's with Jaron back, he's kind of taking a back seat. He's more of a distributor. He's you know, he had 12 assists tonight, which is awesome. You know, he had a double double. Not complaining about his actual, you know, his output, but it's just strange because he was getting to the line often. And I don't know if it's Jaron returning that's 
keeping him from being as aggressive, trying to get to the bucket, or if he's just more focused on getting everybody else involved to where he's not really worried. He took over in the third quarter when he need, they needed him to. Like, I don't know. I don't know if the Grizzlies win if Ja didn't do what he did in the, yeah, that, in the quarter. That 10-0 stretch. Yeah. It, yeah. It, the last two games, the Toronto game, I think he didn't take his first shot attempt to, like, the buzzer of the first half. And then tonight, I think he only had two points. And barely. I don't think he took a shot the first six minutes of the game. Um, and from, you know, what the stats show, the Grizzlies are a better team when his usage percentage is lower and his um, his points per game. So in wins, he averages 17 points and 7.8 assists. In losses, he averages 21 points and six assists. And that's a lot of the times because it's it's the second half. He realized his team ain't got it, and he's got to put it put it on his back. Um, yeah. And he that's not obviously not what you want because he himself is not that efficient of a scorer yet. Um, so it, it may be a case of you know hey, let me feed my guy Jaron, get him you know back in the flow of things, or it may just be the fact that there's one more legitimate mouth to feed in that starting lineup. Um, you know. When, when it's Grayson or Desmond Bain or something like that, like you don't focus on, you know, creating shots for them as much as you do for Jaron. Um, so whatever it is, um, I think we need to see more of the aggressive getting to the rim jaw early um, and not waiting until the third quarter to do all that. But, hey, it's worked. They've won the last two. They have a legit shot to end the season on a six-game winning streak going into um, the, the play-in game. Uh do you got any uh, bet the bear for us this week? Uh, I didn't really go into into depth with uh, the teams that they're playing this week. I just think it's down the stretch. I really don't know who's playing what. Uh, Dallas, I mean, they're going to be strong. I imagine Dallas is going to be uh, favored by probably – I don't know. what What is Dallas? Where are they sitting right now? I mean, I know they're in the uh, – Are they the five seed? Like the five seed. They're ahead of Portland. But, uh, they're only a game up on Portland. Portland's playing right now. Portland's going to beat Houston. So there'll be a half a game uh, up on Portland when the night's over. So they're going to be playing. They're going to be playing tough. Uh, I imagine Dallas will be favored by probably about five, five and a half. I mean, that probably makes sense, right? Yeah. Even if it is at the at home, but the Grizzlies play better on the road. So uh, and then they got two games against Sacramento. I imagine the Grizzlies, will, if the Grizzlies are playing all their guys, the Grizzlies are going to be favored by double digits, I would think. I, I mean, I think Sacramento's packed it in. Uh, Halliburton's no, out for the season. Yeah, no Halliburton, no Fox, no Harrison Barnes. Maybe no Heald. I mean, Heald's like he's he was day to day. I mean, he played last night, but I mean, they can decide to rest him. At, who knows? Again, Grizzly, again, but, we we've seen this for the, where other teams don't have their guys, and we still can't. Still can't be. Yeah, them. but yeah, but I'm just going with uh, what what Vegas is going to look at. I mean, the Grizzlies. That's true. I cashed in tonight. I took the Pelicans plus nine. Thank goodness the Grizzlies can make free throws. <laughs> I uh, so, I mean, it, it is what it is. You just gotta you gotta look at it, and then against Golden State, I think all, every all bets are off on that one. I mean, I'm, take, I, I'm, I'm not, taking Golden State, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Steph Curry in a game that matters. I'm taking. I'm taking Golden State at home. The war, the Grizzlies at home. No, but I mean the we don't know the tip time, but it's going to be early, especially early for Golden State. I mean they're they're West Coast. 
Say it's a one o'clock tip. That's 11 o'clock out there. Say it's a three o'clock tip. That's one o'clock out there. I have two words for you. Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, he was he was lighting up the Grizzlies in the playoffs when they would do tips at noon. Bro, I was <laughs> at I was at the game where they did the Jeff Green no call and he hit that three quarter shot. I've yeah, never been was, never was been somewhere punch. where the air was sucked out of a place like that. Because I think what the Warriors were up by a good amount and the Grizzlies made it right and the Grizzlies made a comeback and then all of a sudden Steph hits that and it's like, uh, yep. I think if because yeah, I think it pushed it to a seven point lead or something along those lines. Yep. Like it felt the Grizzlies felt like that they were like within striking distance, maybe cut it to four, and then Steph hits that, and you're just like, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, this, <laughs> it was uh, the realization of, all right, good game, <laughs> even though there still was a quarter left. Still had PTSD. Was, yeah, there's a lot of those. I mean, it's. A lot of good playoff memories, but a lot of gut punches at times. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got anything you want to throw out there before we close it out? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, congratulations to Russell Westbrook on breaking the NBA record uh, for most triple doubles in a career. <laughs> I know you're a huge Russell Westbrook fan, right? <laughs> no. No. Why? Why? <laughs> he he I, He's inefficient, too. Like, I don't like inefficient basketball players that just jack up shots and, and – don't win like he doesn't contribute to winning and you're telling you're gonna tell me he's yeah he wins when he gets triple doubles he he has like a 650 winning percentage do it in the playoffs what what else is he supposed to do what what else is he supposed to do do it in the playoffs when it matters do it in the playoffs okay yeah get get him some help that's not when kevin durant left who did he have okay he couldn't do it with kevin durant they got to the finals did he win no only (laughs) one team went mark madsen has two rings Charles Barkley has zero. Is Charles Bar is Mark Madsen a better basketball player than Charles Barkley? I get what you're saying, but the rings, rings argument's a little flawed. It, like it this is, is a, this is a, a historical, like once in a generation type player. You know, we oh, haven't they yeah. hadn't seen a player like this since Oscar Robertson. Yeah, that I could mean, go out any night and get a triple double. It's 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 a big deal. It's a you know congratulations to Russ. Like who knows that ever happens again? And, and Luca might be the next threat to do that. Um, yeah. but it, it is a feat that is awesome to see. I just wouldn't want him on my team. That's fair. And I used to hate Russell Westbrook when the, speaking of the playoffs and the Grizzlies, God, like, Who'd it wasn't him, it was Steven Adams. Him or Chris Paul? Who do you hate more? Uh, Chris Paul. I hate Chris <laughs> yeah. Paul more. Yeah. But I would rather have Chris Paul on my team compared to Russell Westbrook. Oh, in a heartbeat. That's for sure. Because Chris Paul knew how to get the most out of every single player, and it would just – you would see him, and he just acts like, you know, I don't know. It's just – I'd hate Chris Paul more. <laughs> All right, do we have a date for the NBA play-in games? Um, I'm sure they've set them. I, I don't know if off the top of my head, but uh, I, I imagine it's probably next Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh Let's see here. The last the playing begins next Tuesday. Oh, so we will be your preview show for uh, the Grizzlies in the play-in next week. So make sure you stick with Grizzly Bear Blues this week as they the Grizzlies have a four-game week to close it out. Um, 
I don't think the Spurs will be a threat to catch and pass. It's going to really come down to jockeying for position with Golden State for the for the eighth seed and the rights to play LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the first playing game. Or if something crazy happens, you may be rematching with the Portland Trailblazers uh, who knocked you out last year of the first ever playing game. So there'd be a little bit of motivation uh, there. Uh, regardless, the team has met expectations, exceeded expectations for the national media. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun season, um, and uh, Ben and I look forward to recapping the regular season with you next Monday and getting you ready for playoff Grizzlies basketball. To playoffs, we're going to playoffs, playing playoffs. I mean, it's the playoffs, ain't it? It's postseason. Postseason. Is it playoffs? It's, we'll, we'll call it – we'll be technical with it. It's the postseason. We have postseason <laughs> Grizzlies basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes. Next week. Next week. All right. Um, for Ben, I'm Justin. We'll catch you guys next week.